Hi, I'm Sean Horn, founder and CEO of BeBell.ie. So what is BeBell? Well, it's a place of positivity. It's a place where you can be happy, be kind, be bold, feel supported and encouraged to fulfill your dreams. So join us on social at BeBell.ie for future events and upcoming podcasts. Hello and welcome to Be Bell Podcast with myself, Sean Horn. It's been an amazing series so far and I hope you're enjoying it. Today's chat, I really enjoyed. We talked everything from the mere beginnings on telly at the swamp to working in Duns to starting her own business. Um, I love her work ethic. I love her mindset and I really think you're going to enjoy this one. If you do, don't forget, please leave us a review and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Be Bell Podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by the amazing Sandra Murphy today. Sandra, how are you? I'm good, Shan. How are you doing? I am fine. It's a nice day. I've actually just pulled the curtain across in my uh, makeshift office because uh, I I plan on sitting here for a while and listening to you intensely. (laughs) (laughs) Looking forward to it and thanks a million for inviting me on. Absolutely no problem. So we know Be Bell Podcast is all about the story behind the women. Um, so where did it all start for you? Yeah, so I suppose I'd call, I'd say that I've probably reinvented myself a few times over the years. Um, and I have changed path and changed direction quite a few times as well. But I grew up in Cork. I was born in Cork. Um, my dad was a detective. My mum, she actually kept students. So incredibly hardworking, um, really hardworking ethics. So I had two brothers. I still have two brothers. Um, my eldest brother, he's special needs. And then my next brother, he's two years to the day older than me. So we shared wow. birthday parties. You can imagine that uh, small kids growing up. But um, yeah, so we we used to keep digs as kids. So every weekend uh, was spent changing beds. Um, I think we had about 14 students um, and it was at a time. Times were really different. So when I suppose students for UCC were coming up from the country. Their family wanted them to be with a family so they know they'd be safe. Whereas now, obviously, it's all self-catering and and they live by themselves. Um, So we used to be cleaning beds and cleaning bedrooms at the weekends. And then every day we used to serve breakfast before going to school. And then after school, we would, um, in the evening time, they'd have a three-course meal. So starter, main and dessert. So we would be serving um, and then in the evening at about uh, nine o'clock, nine thirty, we would serve some tea and biscuits, and then we go to bed. So we did a lot of kind of that growing up. Um, and then during the summer, we used to have actually uh, students come from the UK from colleges. They'd come on field trips, and they'd be with us for a few weeks. And we used to have repeat people all of the time. But um, and even a lot of the students that we had, they were studying things like medicine and dentistry. So they'd be with us for five or six years. So kind of like extra siblings. So I think that was probably a great experience um, from from a work ethic perspective. Um, So even when I was when I was much younger, I used to grow parsley and strawberries in the garden and I used to monetize them by selling them to the local butcher. (laughs) (laughs) Would be on sale in the butcher shop. Um, I enjoyed school. I really loved it. Um, I was much quieter, actually, in school. I took until maybe towards the end of secondary school to really find my voice um but I really loved all of my teachers um my teachers actually said that probably in secondary school that if there was any little bit of mischief going on and it was never bold stuff but if there was any mischief going on they knew that I'd be in the mix but I'd never get caught yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's so funny so far you have like a real 
like it sounds like my life because my parents I grew up in pubs and then um bed and breakfast so my my up my rearing is very similar and yes I never got I never got caught either um at school but were you academic or did you love sport what what floated your boat no, I, well, in sport, I was always the B team and I was only on the B team because I wanted to go for the spin in the bus when they'd be playing away. <laughs> and I kind of fancied one of the P teachers as well. He was lovely. I was in a convent school and he was the only man. So I think that was how I kind of liked him. Um, so, no, I definitely wouldn't have been sporty. Um, and academic wise, I loved things like languages. I was I really excelled with French and Spanish and the business studies uh, subjects. but I probably didn't excel myself as much as I could have when I was in school. I did well um, in school, but I definitely could have pushed myself that little bit further. But I think on hindsight too, that when you're 16, 17 and 18, it's very difficult to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And the choices that you make when you're 14 or 15 with your subject choices for leaving search are also going to dictate what you're going to do in college. And I think it's a huge ask for kids at that age. And I think that I definitely, the route I the route I did go was actually business studies with marketing. So not too far away from where I am now. Um, but I deviated a little bit then because I, um, so I was studying in, in CIT and one weekend on the Sunday Independent, there was an advert that Aer Lingus were looking for ground crew in Cork. And I always wanted to work for Aer Lingus. I wanted to work for an airline, I think, after my first trip to Salou when I was about six. Um, and I just loved the glamour of the uniforms and the style and, and all of that. So I applied for Aer Lingus, actually, when I was still in college. And I got a job working in Cork Airport. And I remember at the time, there was about 3,000 applicants for 21 positions. And it was, it was yeah, and it was a job that I knew for me on a personal level that it wasn't going to be a career, but it was a job that I really wanted to do. Um, so I went and I worked in Cork Airport for Erlingus, and then I transferred to Shannon as cabin crew. So I was flying transatlantic then. So it was New York, Boston, Chicago, LA, and Washington every week. So that was amazing fun and it was just a wonderful experience to be jetting off I mean god I, I go on the N25 now Shan with Covid but like to be jetting off every single week <laughs> um oh my god when I think of it but uh, yeah so that was amazing and um then actually when I was working in Erlinga September 11th happened I was just after landing in from New York that very morning um, and I was asleep uh, when my phone was ringing with uh, family, just wondering where I was because I was living in Limerick because um, I was based out of Shannon. And um, yeah, look, I mean, it, it shocked the world like everyone. Um, and really, really things changed for us as crew because all of a sudden when we went stateside, we couldn't go out by ourselves. We had to go um, with one other person or more. Um, we always had to have our passport on us just in case anything would happen. Um, and it really changed me because because I began getting quite nervous on flights and, you know, um, and, and perhaps in many ways, like a lot of people at the time, maybe stereotypical, stereotyping people on a flight and wondering, yeah. you know, so for me, I knew at that time I'd had uh, the amazing experience. I loved every moment and it was time to go. Um, so. Actually, when I was working in, when I was in college, sorry, back along, and my very, very first proper job, well, I had two first proper jobs now. One was I was working in Orty, the swamp. 
so that the swamp was a children's program they used to be on at weekends when the den was off or it was on all summer long when the den was on their holidays so I was their CD reviewer that was sad because I used to get collected in a taxi from my house every um Saturday morning really really early record the show and I'd be back for lunch but I also worked in Dunn stores and I was um, a grocery packer I was going into the manager of Bishopstone Court like every week when I was 15 to say, you know, I'm going to be like 16 on January 23rd. So I'm playing for a job every week. Right. And he was like, all right. Yeah. So I got I applied and got the job and I was working as a grocery packer getting 375 an hour. And I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And actually I was promoted to the head bag packer after a few weeks. <laughs> you can imagine me going along with the green jumper and the baseball cap. <laughs> But uh, Duns is a good start, like, because they they're quite tough in Duns. They are. It's a great, it's a it's an excellent work ethic. Um so I yeah, so I worked packing the bags, and then when I was um another year on, I was transferred and moved up to the checkout. So I used to work there when I was school and college. So for example, I'd work Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Um and uh yeah, and, and and then I moved to the off license. So I used to work in the off license. So I'd be in charge of the lotto and all that kind of stuff. So I, I, I loved it. And it was incredible experience. Um, and like that, you just learn the value of money and how hard it is to make money. But also, you know, I appreciated it and uh, it was a great experience. But what happened when I decided to leave Erlingas was I decided to apply to Dunn Stories as a manager because mm -hmm. I had so many years experience as working there I really enjoyed the experience and I applied and I was um the store I got was Bishopstone Court again so I found myself back uh, after a little hiatus in the skies uh, returned back to the checkouts so I was working as a retail manager there and I adored it um but I I felt that I kind of wanted to do something more um, and I loved the people side of the job. So I decided to go back to college by night and I studied HR management. Um, so mm -hmm. then I asked Dunn Stories um, HR team if I could come in on my days off. I think I used to have one day off actually. Kind of things, but, uh, but I used to, <laughs> it was really hard. Um, so I came in on my days off to work in the HR department or if I was starting on a late shift, if I was starting at one o'clock on a Friday, I'd go to the HR department at nine o'clock just to get a little bit of experience. So when I was finishing my HR um, back in CIT again, they saw me again coming. Um, I then there was an advert for Jury's Doyle Hotel Group um, and they were looking for a HR officer for Jury's Inn in Cork. So obviously as a first role, um, I, I applied and I was thrilled um, to be given the opportunity. So I was working as the HR officer for Juries Inn. And there was probably, so the two, there was two hotels in Cork at the time because the River Lee was Juries Hotel on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. So it was Juries Doyle collection. Um, so the HR manager in the hotel used to kind of provide a little bit of backup to the inn because obviously I was coming in as an officer. So any questions or concerns or issues, and really, um, the inn was a bit more straightforward because um, the contracts of employment were very different. It was um, kind of guest service staff, so they kind of worked everywhere, whereas the hotel um, was an older hotel and had long service, so it was heavily unionised. So anyway, between the jigs and the reels, I think it was probably about four months into my job as HR officer, and the HR manager in the hotel was departing. Um, she was moving to the UK. 
and I was promoted and um, was the HR manager for the two properties. So moved over. So headed over to the hotel and uh, yeah, that was an amazing experience as well because it was actually at the time when the hotel was being closed. So I was very young, I was early 20s, um, but I was the HR manager to kind of negotiate the redundancy and redundancies weren't really happening at the time because this was all pre-Celtic Tiger. So you have to bear in mind the boom hadn't arrived yet. It was it was coming. Okay. Um, it was just on the way. And uh, so so basically all of the staff were made redundant and the hotel was knocked to the ground. At the time they asked, would I like to um, transfer to Dublin to head office to Ballsbridge? But I decided then that I'd like to be self-employed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, talk, talk me through that because it's not an easy decision and and actually having that HR background I did HR as well and people forget how difficult HR is because you, yes you get to uh, you know help people progress but you've also got to deal with all the nasty stuff like like redundancies mm. so from that knowing that <coughs> excuse me knowing that obviously that comes in part and parcel with deciding to be self-employed and potentially taking on people so so what was the process what were the thoughts that were going through your head yeah and actually when you say about the HR aspect I think having HR experience or knowledge is actually critical to being self-employed it is the critical aspect of being self-employed because your people are your most valuable asset but they can also be your most expensive yeah. if things go wrong um, yeah, I suppose, you know, I wanted the opportunity to uh, be self-employed. I kind of had a hunger, had an appetite for it. I wasn't afraid of hard work. I was a little bit unsure as to, I knew that it wanted, I wanted to be in food. Um, and I had looked at a number of franchise options because, again, this is pre-Celtic Tiger. We didn't have a man point. There was a lot of franchises, uh, food outlets that actually hadn't arrived in Ireland. Uh, Well, they they were probably Dublin, but they certainly hadn't arrived in Cork. So I was looking at a number of those, but um, I spoke to a good friend of mine. He he was actually the accountant in Jury's Doyle as well, and he went out by himself. So he ended up being my accountant and he kind of dissuade me against any franchise options just because the franchise fees and all of that. so he said to me that there was a restaurant for sale in Glenthorn called the Rising Tide. And I said, where's Glenthorn? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I went down and I instantly fell in love. Um, it, it was a beautiful restaurant on the waterfront. Um, perfect, to be honest with you. Um, and so I went into business with my parents because it was obviously an extremely... Um, Excuse me, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're sneezing through the screens. We're not in the same room, by the way. Um, Catching. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I obviously, it, it was an extremely expensive building. Um, in fact, on hindsight, overpriced, because um, it'll probably, it'll never see that price again in my lifetime, I'd say. Um, but that's when the Celtic Tiger, it was here. What year was that? Uh, 2005 okay. so not great um so yeah so I suppose look 2000 yeah 2005 um so uh went there and was there for 12 years um I I loved it I really did love it but I think what started happening is that you know it was it was a really successful restaurant but 
between the jigs and the reels, the bank that I had taken the mortgage with um, was exiting Ireland. They'd handed in their banking license to the doll. Um, they were gone. Um, and obviously it, it was time to kind of renegotiate uh, the debt. Um, so I, I, I got approval from another bank. Um, way over what I should have got uh, but I got approval went to them no they wanted the full amount or nothing the full amount or nothing um, and basically that was when it was time to make a decision it was the most challenging and difficult decision of my life Um, I hope I never have to make a decision like that again but no one was going to make the decision for me Um, but I had to do it for myself because I was working seven days a week I was getting a little bit resentful Um, I was very very tired I literally had given up 12 years of my life, literally given up fully 12 years of my life. And, you know, sometimes you could be regretful of what if I had, what if I had gone to Ballsbridge in Dublin that time in 2005, would my life be different? It probably would be very, very different. Um, But at the same time, you know, I think that I learned a huge amount. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to learn things. It made me more appreciative, more grateful um, grateful for everything. It was like literally by the end of it, when I was after 12 years, it was like a noose around my neck, literally. It was yeah. that yeah. bad. And, and, and I have to say that, um, yeah, the banks were exceptionally difficult to deal with. It's probably what spurred my passion even more for the likes of politics and law, because when, when you see how they treat people who are extremely vulnerable at that particular time, um yeah look I mean it was difficult I learned a lot I have to say um would I do it again never say never <laughs> like you know um but uh yeah so it, it, it was an experience definitely but I remember because I I suppose it would be about 2008 that I started to come up and down from Dublin and I'd started a couple of businesses and like it, you know, it was such a popular spot. The food was amazing. And you, I suppose that's, was that where you kind of started your, well, you were so good at PR. You were so good at eventing. Um, there was always something going on. Yeah. But you know what, what I would say to you about that, right. Is that I wasn't, I wasn't born good at that because what happened was when the restaurant was bought, things were really busy. Everything was really busy. There was new offices being built the Little Island Industrial Estate began sprawling. Um, you know, there was, and people were out for lunch five days a week, you know, out every weekend, you know, it was, it was, it was a really good time. And then all of a sudden, businesses started closing when the recession hit. And that majorly impacted the likes of Little Island. So I was obviously extremely worried about the business. So instead of like reading a book at night, I was reading Marketing for Dummies because I had never really done marketing before that because you have to remember my background was HR and my background was uh, retail management and my background was cabin crew so all of a sudden you find yourself when you're self-employed and you're 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 doing the books so you're the bookkeeper you're the reservation taker you're the orderer you're you know the bottle washer uh, you're the marketer you're the salesperson you're the event planner you're the barmaid like you're everything all of a sudden and it's actually quite um, a scary prospect. And I have to say that, you know, uh, people who work in industries think, even if they work in, in a restaurant industry, think it's easy to own. It's a very different experience to own a business as to working in a business. Because you never have holidays. You're like, you're never off. Yeah. 
that style of business as well you know I was a landlady for years and and it's not a job it's a lifestyle mm. and like you said you know you gave up 12 years but I I felt like that when I had my perp I felt like when I made the decision to leave yeah. I felt like I'd missed out on so much I you know I never had a Friday or Saturday night with my friends unless they came to my pub and stuff like that it's it's hard and it was even um and you know the thing about that particular business as well is that and I just want to say I loved my customers because some of them are still my friends and there's a lot of them that I miss that I don't see but the other side of it is that people expect you to be there all of the time yeah. And, you know, they might come in once per week and you've worked seven days and you might be gone home early and they'll say, Jesus, you're totally relaxing, taking a night off. You know what I mean? And and not in any bad way, but people don't see the bigger picture. And even when I moved jobs after the restaurant and working in hospitality, it was my first Christmas Eve off since I was 15 years old, since before I could work. So... And I, 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 I'll never forget, I was so excited coming up to it. I was actually finishing work on the 23rd and I knew I of Christmas Eve off and I was like, oh my God. And I, I was planning all these things to do. I was so excited, so excited, but I was, I had so much I wanted to do. I ended up doing nothing. And that was grand too. <laughs> because I listed about 15 things. And I, then by the end of it, I was like, no, I'm after tiring myself out. But, and I can tell you this much, the thing about experience as well and, 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 you know, working in a certain way for a long period of time. And definitely there was a bit of resentment over working for 12 years that my life probably could have gone different. And I probably could have had the opportunity to meet somebody and settle down. And I chose business over that. I don't regret my decisions, but at the same time, I now know that I will never work a Christmas Eve again. I yeah. will <clears throat> never work certain hours. I will, because life is just too short. You appreciate things when you've been through a difficult time and I can tell you you just learn and maybe it's an age thing too you you learn to do things more on your term and what makes you happy and what's best for you as opposed to trying to please everybody all of the time but yeah I think balance is critical and boundaries that you know I think that comes with with age it does and and not being afraid to say no because previously I would have been too afraid to say no to people I didn't want to let people down or but you know what the bigger picture is they don't think about things you know people don't think like like we can sometimes overanalyze but yeah it's definitely the boundaries and learning to say no and do things that you want to do and do things that make you happy because like things can change very very quickly life is strangely short for people you know and things can happen in in an instant and you don't want to spend time doing things that you don't want to do yeah, no, absolutely. It, 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 I couldn't agree more. And if, if everybody hasn't learned that in the last 13 months, I don't know when we're going to. But um, so when leaving the rising tide, did you know what you wanted to do next? <laughs> well, OK, well, that was actually a funny time. Um, <laughs> I I didn't. Um, I I was a jack of all trades and a master of none is how I felt. And actually, just to say in the last year of uh, the rising tide, and it took me it took me a long time to to pull that trigger because I was really concerned about people's jobs, people's livelihoods. There was, you know, 20 odd staff. But one of the things I did the day after it closed was, uh, you know, I, I made calls around, made sure I could get whoever I could into employment and they all got into employment straight away. Um, so <clears throat> I in the final year, though, I'd went back to college by night and at this stage I was a year into doing law in UCC by night um, and 
that was my savior in the last year because it's such an intensive degree program that you know it's in college a number of nights at the start of the week that you don't have time it, it it actually really helped me compartmentalize and manage my stress because I had to study I had to learn I had to pass the exams so I it, it afforded me the opportunity to stop overthinking and worrying because I was literally putting myself into a grave with the stress it, it was really really bad so I was a year into the law and I, I always had a passion for law um, and I, I always will so I was unsure, though, as to what I was going to do, because I felt like a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I think that is so true for so many people who are yeah. self-employed. Um, so I said, OK, well, look at your CV there now. And I knew I knew that I definitely, definitely wanted to manage my hours better. So I said, right, well, I'm not going to go into hospitality because I don't want those hours anyway. I'm not working weekends anymore. I'm done with that now. Um, I've I've had an you know I, I need I was tired I was really tired so then I was like well retail management nod their hours not great either <laughs> like I saw a cabin crew now this so I rang my brother and I had um, applied for a job with an airline I don't actually I don't know if the airline is here anymore but um I rang my brother and I said so I applied for a job with X airline and I said they called me and they have offered me a position of senior crew and he was like all right and he was like, all right, okay. Um, and I said, yeah, I said, but the, the pay is bad. It's like 17,000 a year. And he was like, are you going to be living on the plane? <laughs> oh my he, was God. Like, he was like, I actually think he said that you actually just need a bit of time out. He said, because I think this is a bit of a crisis. <laughs> so, like just a little bit of a break from every, he said, take a breath, take a break, step back. He said, and it was June when I closed. So he said, take the summer off. He said, yeah deliberately take that time because he said you can't he said you've been working seven days a week nearly for 12 years he said how how are you supposed to know he said so just take a step back and focus so I did take that step back and um, I, I kind of the first little bit of time I really struggled with not going to work because working is a big part of my identity and a big part of me as a person um, even though I, I'm here giving out about working too many hours but I, I will still work the hours but I'll do it on my terms, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, so, yeah, so then I had a chance meeting encounter with <coughs> Aaron Mansworth from Trigon Hotels, who's an amazing, um, amazing uh, hospitality professional. Um, and do you know what the best thing about him is that he pushes his people uh, because he wants everyone to excel. He surrounds himself with with great people. And so I met him and he said, um, he, he said he was sorry that the restaurant had closed and would I be interested in talking to him? And I said, oh, no, no, I'm done with the hospitality. No, he was like, no, no. So anyway, between the jigs and the reels, he said, we always have space for great people. So um, the role uh, was event creation and production manager. So it was to create events. It, nobody had ever been in the role before me. So that was a really good thing because, you know, I could put my own stamp on it. There was no one before who did better or worse on anything. There was no, there was no goalposts, you know, yeah. there was no benchmark. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was amazing up to COVID. Uh, it was incredible because we got to, to go into places that nobody had gone before. And I suppose the reason that the role had come about is that when I was in the rising tide, I was naturally creating events in the restaurant 
to draw people because it's outside the city and I had to create things in order to have that a little bit extra and I and I did that and I loved doing that um so yeah so that was incredible um but obviously COVID-19 with so many industries and so many industries heavily affected you know um but but quite obviously the hospitality industry has really changed that so my role has changed um but it's it's a role that I was doing anyway to be honest with you so it's uh, brand and communications which I adore yeah and I think you just it it just comes naturally to you um yeah it's so natural and I was just thinking actually it could have been worse you could have taken the airline job (laughs) (laughs) oh my god could you actually imagine oh god yeah well well so it just says anywhere that I would have gone COVID would have got me but you know COVID has affected so many and I think what it has done though is it's definitely again cemented that whole appreciation of things um you know because a lot of families have suffered horrifically during COVID-19 with bereavement and I think in the most tragic circumstances where they don't get to say a proper goodbye and they know that their loved ones had to die alone um like so there's there's always something to be grateful for um and I just think COVID has definitely paired things back a little bit and you don't need the fluff and the sparkles you know I think as humans we can survive on very little and also we've become I've definitely become very appreciative of like we were chatting about you know if you get a takeaway from a restaurant or whatever on a weekend that I'm intensely grateful for those things because they're now a treat whereas previously because I've always been working in the hospitality industry really um, dining out is par for the course because any meetings take place in restaurants or whatever so dining is taken for granted and I think things like that we've we probably had lost the run of ourselves taking them for granted and I know working in the industry you're doing it anyway but I even think things like do you know the way you'd be going along prior to this and you'd get a co- takeaway coffee and you just I don't know I wouldn't even taste it well yeah. I do like but you, you whereas now I savor things and I think so many people do I think it's about kind of definitely pairing back a bit yeah I, th- I think people although you know we live in that world where you press a button and things arrive and I think look I think it definitely slowed all that down people are a lot more conscious about what they're doing and how well hopefully how they treat people and mm-hmm. how they want to be treated mm-hmm. um like the, the, that pause button definitely was was beneficial for me mm-hmm. um but yeah now I'm ready to go back <laughs> oh listen yeah I know I'm the same I've, I've my case at the top of the stairs to take me anywhere <laughs> And, and you know what I miss the sea like I can walk by the river but I really miss the sea I miss it so much um, and I certainly miss sitting with friends and just you know having a chat over a bottle of wine and some tapas and having a laugh because I know we're doing things digitally but as humans we're not meant to be doing things like this we're meant to be together um, so and I, I think again I will never take things like that for granted because even a very good friend of mine, her best friend um, passed away last week. And, you know, it's just, it's just life is, life is short. And I just think that this has definitely put things in perspective and it's not nice because there is the huge aspect, Shan, with regard to the financial implications that are going to be with us probably for a lifetime now. Um, And that's really, really hard. And people are struggling hugely and everyone has their own worries but I just think that we probably just need to be 
a little bit gentle with people um, because we don't know. And nobody's just because someone's worries mightn't seem big to you. They're big to them, you know, and, and I think that's something else as well, just to be everyone's managing differently in this. Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, I know, I know we, we, you know, we obviously spoke a lot at the beginning of all of it. And, you know, at the beginning, it was like, we're all in this together. And then, you know, I was speaking earlier to a friend and I was like, it's not actually because the gyms are battling here, the hospitality is battling here, yeah. you know, and everybody's case is justified, but yeah. you just got to settle down. I mean, I, I, I certainly have surrendered to it myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my, my case is packed. I'm just like... <laughs> Your head down, work hard. The minute we're allowed out, I, 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 I will be on a world anywhere, tour. <laughs> anywhere, anywhere. I go to y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. But what's I suppose what's next for you? What you know? Where where do you see all this going now? Obviously, it'd be a while. We'd say probably summer before the hotels open. Yeah, and I suppose do you know what the other great thing is that is through through COVID, obviously, um, you know, with with our hours have changed and stuff like that. It's kind of afforded all of us the opportunity to kind of have that extra little bit of time that we wouldn't have previously to. And so for me, like, you know, I I, I do love Instagram and I'm very, very fortunate that um, I've been working directly with brands on that. And I feel so happy to be doing that um, on, on my time out. Uh, I'm finishing my master's at the moment in child and family law, which is a huge passion for me. And it, it that as well and having this little bit of time it's afforded me time to work on kind of projects um directly with the government about different topics so I feel really lucky to be doing that at the moment Um, I think I will probably always uh be in communications I think it's an area it's just an area that I'm passionate about it's an area that I love um I think that communications can never be understated it's so important um whether it's verbal or non-verbal or written um so yeah I mean but but what I would say is that who who knows because none of us could have foreseen what was around the corner last year and even best made plans so even I would have had plans you know and and, and you can plan you can only but really now you can only literally plan so much but I have shifted my way of thinking with regard to at the start I was like feeling like most people exceptionally down um and feeling that you know how how difficult it was uh because obviously you know reduction of hours reduction of money la, 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 la. whereas kind of in the last number of months I very much shifted around to say well you know what there are people who are far more worse off and I think that being grateful and practicing gratefulness has actually changed my mindset I even I write down I have a little book and I write down every night three things that I'm grateful for and I know that mightn't sound like significant but actually it changes my mind frame and mindset when I'm going to bed so instead of saying Jesus that was an awful crap day no again and Jesus I do this that and the other I'm actually saying you know what I'm really lucky to live in a warm home I'm really lucky um I'm really lucky to have uh Sauvignon Blanc I'm really <laughs> all the things but and you know what it's not monumental things I'm writing down but it's things that we take for granted and I think that since I've changed into the whole um verbally expressing gratitude and, and writing it down so I'm looking at it every single day with my mindset changing opportunities have actually presented and they've come my way that they wouldn't have been coming to prior to this and I am a firm believer in all of that like Jesus you know 
I read The Secret years ago and I still haven't won the lotto, but obviously I'm not thinking about it enough. <laughs> but the secret is there is no secret if you're kind and grateful and you can let things go things will come to you yeah and, um i actually one of my favorite books at the moment is the four agreements and i don't know if you've read it but that's another yeah. beautiful book and i think everybody should read it and live their life by it but it is about you know you don't you don't give to receive that's your ego but if you're a giver you know i always describe it i always ask people do you prefer watching people open their gifts that you've given them on Christmas day yeah their face their face or do you prefer getting the gift I much prefer giving the gift because I get really excited about yeah what people and um and and that's kind of the kind of people that I want to hang around with yeah and 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 like that even this during this time um it's given me a good bit of time to spend time cooking and I always love cooking but I didn't necessarily love baking um but now I do enjoy baking, but I distribute it because I'm trying to be good. And yeah. um, so I prefer to save my sins for the old glass of wine at the weekend rather than on a cake. But so instead I do box things up and drop them on doors all within the 5K, all of that jazz. But um, and it makes people happy. And it's what I love is that it's so easy to bring joy to people when things are paired back, when when we've taken out all of the noise, the white noise, because even there recently, a friend of mine who lives just up the road um, in the morning, dropped outside the door, checks to say something outside the door. It was a coffee from, it was a, it was a flat white. And you know what? That was a really fabulous thing to do. And it really brightened up my morning. And doing little things like that just make a difference. And I think... Yeah. Actually, I remember years ago, um, I used to live in Sandyford in Dublin and a friend of mine lived around the corner and she'd put on Facebook, God, I'm so hungover. What I wouldn't do for Big Mac... And I remember I was like, do you know what? I'm going to go and get her takeaway because if someone did that for me, it would just be the, and I left it on her balcony and said, uh, there's a there's a Big Mac there. And she was like, that is the nicest thing that anybody's ever done for me in my life. And I was like, so simple. Well, I remember, Shan, um, you took me to McDonald's one time in the morning <laughs> for a Big Mac. <laughs> After a particularly fun night. <laughs> oh dear that was a great night can't yeah. wait to do that again actually I know. can't wait to do that again so I listen know, just too. a quick one what do you do for you when you're not working I know you know you've got such an amazing work ethic but what do you do for Sandro what what's your self-care so for me um I love walking I really, really love walking and I love being near the water. I'm naturally attracted all of the time to the water. So I'm lucky that I have a river walk really close. The other thing that I love to do is I love to read um, and not like the law books because they take a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, but I, I love to read uh, Griplet, for example. I love thrillers and it's very much my way of switching off, completely off. And actually whilst I absolutely love being around people I have amazing friends amazing family I also like to be by myself um so I find that because I spend a lot of time talking a lot of time communicating a lot of time thinking a lot of time writing when I'm off I actually do like to spend time alone uh not not all the time no like um but I do I do like having that little bit of time um and then obviously a contradiction I love being with my friends but yeah. And there are things that you'd miss. Like, I'm lucky that I have two friends that are living kind of two kilometers from, from me. So I would kind of see maybe once a week, I'd go for a walk with one of them. And it's really lovely to have that time where 
and like we have like a plan so it's like a five kilometer walk so for the first two kilometers she can talk about her problems and lay them all out and then when we get to a certain point she's to stop and then it's my turn um and it's just it's like having therapy um and then the other things I like to do Shan would be I do like you know doing a facial in the evening um you know those kind of little things um I have to say like I I, I like doing little beauty treatments and stuff like that now I am looking forward to the salons opening and all of that but uh, at the moment in the interim I do like kind of looking after my skin and looking after my hair and looking after my teeth and all those little things because I, I definitely feel that on days where I've made a bit more of an effort and put on a little bit of makeup and my hair is nice I, I naturally feel better as well absolutely I'm 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 a I'm a bath girl I just that's my thing two or three times a week just oh are you using the grounding oh yeah oh my god I have um one of the bath salts and it is like literally being in the spa because the scents are just amazing yeah that yeah. that's kind of the closest thing to a spa absolutely and I think yeah. do you know what I think it's really nice because a lot of people that didn't really know how to give themselves a facial or spend some time by themselves We've all had the opportunity to do that a little bit as well over the last 12 months. So I hope people keep it up. I just don't want people to go back to that rat race that we were in. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of very much given people the opportunity to kind of suddenly stop and pause and assess, well, well, what do you actually really want? Because I definitely find that there was times when like whilst I adore working, you'd be so busy that you'd literally be dizzy with tiredness. And it's actually trying to stop that middle going is really, really difficult. But like the last year has given me the time to actually focus on my health as well. Um, so, you know, I've been really good with my food and, you know, I've lost weight as a result. Thanks be to God, another stone to go. But um, I'm, you know, taking my supplements and really looking after myself because I think that, you know you only have one body absolutely i'm the same actually i've concentrated very much sort of since lockdown two i suppose lockdown one i kind of entered with a bottle of red wine and lockdown two i entered with my supplements and my and my (laughs) (laughs) lockdown one i nearly came out of it with gout and cholesterol problems to be honest with you because i like i have fab barbecues so i was doing barbecues i mean I mean, come five o'clock, it was time for a glass of wine, whereas now it's like only the weekend and I'll have kind of two glasses. That's it. Um, because we're going to be coming back out and it's going to be like, I, I want to be like the swan for the end of this lockdown. <laughs> I do, though. And like even like I actually treated myself some clothes today and I was like, when I come out, I'm coming out of the black. I'm, I'm, I'll be walking everywhere like a big pink. Pink is lovely on you. Pink is lovely on you, yeah. Listen, we're going to take a couple of questions from the uh, the jar. So the first one is, oh, your favourite film of all time. Ooh. Hmm. Um, oh, God, that's a really hard question because I love a few films, actually, to be honest with you. But if I had to pick one, I would probably say My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, yeah, love it. Love the handbags, love everything. Yeah. Love everything. It's like the moment I wake up. <laughs> it's actually such a good film. I love that and the wedding date. I haven't seen that. Oh my God, you have to watch it. Do you know what I love too is Home Alone. I know that that's just a very random thing to say, but I love Home Alone. Oh, I love, do you know what I love as well? The Firm. I'm going to tell you all the movies I like watching. Give you a few selections that you can pick for over the next coming weekend. <laughs> oh, bless you. Oh, 
bless you. And the last one is, oh, I asked you this already. That's a self-care question. So quickly, another one. Oh, what limits you? The only limits I have is limitations I place on myself. So, and I would always say, like, definitely, and I firmly believe, I think that we can do anything that we want to, but you have to want to do it. Um, so I I would actually say nothing. Um, I've been very fortunate, well, not fortunate, actually. Fortunate is the wrong word. I was going to say that, you know, I've never kind of experienced um, boundaries, for example, or limits, even from a professional perspective, you know, mm. because there, there, there are kind of people who do um but no I would say that nothing limits me because I am only limited by limitations I put on myself and I I tend not to put limitations on myself absolutely and that's an amazing mindset to have and it's a choice to have that mindset yeah and I think that's what people must remember Sandra thank you so so much that's a lovely way to finish I really appreciate your time today I learned loads about you that I didn't know as well which is lovely Thanks. and um, I can't wait to put this out next month Thank you so much, Shan.